That was the scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alienation, the Newcomer Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Kenny, and joining me as always is my brother, Michael. Hello, everybody. Today we're discussing The Enemy Within, part one. It's the fourth of five TV movies. It originally aired on November 12th, 1996. It's directed by Kenneth Johnson, and the writers are Diane Froloff and Andrew Schneider. It's not too bad. You're lucky you didn't get salt water in your eyes. Well, if we weren't so underfunded and understaffed, I could have called for human backup. So tell me, Morris, is she uh, starting to kick you? <laughs> I think she's doing cartwheels. How long has it been since the pod transfer? Five weeks? Just three. Really? Oh, well, you're so big. <laughs> hey, Morris, George, what happened? Oh, George walked into a 594. pulled a squirt gun and shot him with salt water. Oh. You know what I miss most about being pregnant? What's that? special appreciation you suddenly feel for your body. You never look at your genitalia in the same way. I really don't want to think about it, George. Yes. What once was just an object of sexual gratification now supports and nourishes new life. Yeah. Wonderful. And we're going to start with the episode summary. When Detective Sykes and Francisco is presented with the mysterious death of an Eno, Matt is stupefied to discover that George rudely snubs the case. He, like most newcomers, reviles the outcast Enos. As the case unfolds, George has to reassess his prejudice, and George's family helps save the city from an alien threat originating in an Eno waste disposal facility. Albert approaches George with an unusual request that puts the Francisco marriage to the test, and Matt and Kathy move in together and find themselves learning more about each other. Sour milk. For lunch? I need a drink. Can't be a bad hair day. So what is it? I'm not getting the senior vice presidency. Rosa is, and she should. She's got great ideas, better than mine. Rosa was just in the right place at the right time, and come on. You promised you were going to stop with all this negative self-image bourgeois. It's not bourgeois. I just feel like, what's the expression? An old screw. Shoot. Whatever. Even my husband's bored with me. George? You mean you two are... Oh, we're having sex, if you can call it that. It's just so dull and unimaginative. George seems to have forgotten that there's more to lovemaking than the Zekchat position. The what? It's, it's our equivalent to your... Um, masonry position, except of course the male has his right ankle under the female's chin. <sighs> of course. And then he's asleep two minutes after we're done. I'm obviously not attractive to him anymore. Alright, we have our usual cast members. We start off with Terry Trace playing Kathy Frankel. Jeff Marcus as Albert Einstein. Eric Pierpoint as Detective George Francisco. Ron Fazer as Captain Brian Grazer. Gary Graham as Detective Matthew Sykes. Michelle Scarabelli as Susan Francisco. 
Laura Woodland as Emily Francisco, and Sean Six as Buck Francisco. We're going to start with our guest cast now. We have Jennifer Darling as Driver, Phil Hayes as Morse Code, we have Mary Angersoll as Gina Rutenberg, Lawrence Kennedy as Nurse, we have Patrick Kerr as Pursuer Number One. <laughs> We have Ben Martin as Patty Melt, BNA. That's just awesome again. A lot of cool <laughs> names so far. Oh, yeah. We have Adelaide Miller as Wendy. Ron Mitchell as Skip. We have James Park as Pursuer Number Two. There's always a one, there's always a two. <laughs> we have Dana Reed as Gail Warnings. Another great name. <laughs> we have Gene Sakata as Coroner. Clark Tucker as Tankton's Teen. We have Susan Bobin as ER Doctor, Joe Lando as Rick Shaw, and Carrie Keene as Jessica. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for coming. Oh, this is going to put me behind. I don't know if I can get all my things moved into your place tonight. That's ah, okay. Uh, Matt George, this is my assistant, Daniel. Hi. Hi. Yeah, the regular Emmy booked. Gave me some crap about some personal emergency. <laughs> Seems my newcomer colleagues are a little hinky about this case. The victim is an Eno. Oh. I'm sorry you had to be subjected to this. That's all right. You know, George, I'm starting to think that under that alien skin there beats the two hearts of a bigot. That's ridiculous. Enos are savages. No one should have to look at an Eno. Doesn't that sound like bigotry to you? Matt, bigotry is an unfounded, irrational bias. Any negative feeling I have toward Enos comes from direct experience. Oh, yeah. What kind of direct experience? Maybe we should just get on with the autopsy. No, 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 no. I want to hear about this direct experience. What, one of those Enos came over to clean the pool and left some leaves in the drain? We're wasting time. Let's get this over with. Like I said, dig it. All right, time to discuss part one of The Enemy Within. Uh, so far, what do you think of the episode? I don't like it. <laughs> Um, Why are you laughing? Because I I'm in agreement with you. It's not I don't like it. I think it's a it's a good episode, at least so far what we've seen of it. No, I like it. But George is being a douche. No, you you know what? And it's so uncharacteristic of him. All right, I, I take that back. It's not that I didn't like it, but like the episode "Enemy Within," the name of the title. It, you, I understand. It, it, like you said, it, people are dealing with conflicts and, yes. and brings out their. They're not darker so, side, I yeah. guess. And, it's and another, they're all, they're all dealing with something. Yeah. You, know, you have George who's dealing with his bigotry. You have Susan. Which he doesn't think so. Well, he doesn't. Yes, that's right. Well, most bigots don't think they're bigots. That's true. Uh, we have Susan who's dealing with her infidelity and her, just her, her, um, she just doesn't feel confident anymore in her job and in her marriage. So she's dealing with that. You have Buck who's completely lost in life and doesn't know what he wants to do. Yep. Emily seems to be the only one who actually has a head on her shoulder. And, and why is that? Because she was here. She's born Yeah, she's born here. of Earth. So she's more yeah. humanized, I guess, than, yeah. than, than, than the rest of them. But, I mean, but then you have, you know... Um, even Matt and Kathy. Matt and Kathy have their issue. Everyone has an issue. And yeah, so kind of it's not so a Debbie Downer episode, actually, man. So it almost it kind of was compared to the previous ones. They always were they weren't always up and happy, but the they character were better wise. than this. <laughs> I mean, come on, dude. All right, let's go ahead and we're going gonna, gonna to start at the beginning. Um, this oh, this whole there's there's this whole new subspecies of Tankinese characters called Enos, which are like the lowest of the low. 
They, you know, they worked in the recycling uh, plants on the ship. And well, not even recycling plants. They took care of waste. Everything. I, I mean... Bodies. Everything. Everything. Right. And they were not fed. So they had to eat from the waste. waste. And dead carcasses. And sometimes and... they would eat other Tankinese to survive. And George is just appalled by this whole thing. And he just thinks they're disgusting. And Matt is... It's so weird because the characters have changed. From, yeah. Because Matt is the non-bigot person. He's like... Well, they had no choice. You know, what else could they do? They had to survive, and you know, and and George is like, well, death would have been better than than eating another tank than ease. Yeah, I'm like, but you don't know. You have not been in their shoes. You don't survive. It's a it's it's instinctive to survive. You're going to do whatever you can to survive. Correct. So if that requires you to eat somebody else, somebody else, <laughs> and they're already dead. You're gonna do it. You're gonna do it. Right. You know, you may say, no way, I'd rather die. There's no way your body would not let you do it. Right. It wants to live. So, I mean, I already have sympathies for these Enos. Oh, no, right off the bat. At the yes. very beginning, it shows two Enos females. Yes. And um, they're trying, they're to, trying escape. to escape. Yeah. And one of them is like, no, 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 I can't do this. And the yeah. other one's like, I'm out of here. Yes. You know? Yeah. And, and so she gets out on the surface, and she's like in Little Tecton, I yep. believe. Yep. A little, it's like a, it's like Chinatown, yes. but for Tectonese. Yep. And she's asking for, pleading for help, and people are like shrugging around. Well, there's two and, guys chasing them. Yeah, they're, they're chasing, chasing her. They're trying to get them. Yeah, trying yeah. to get her back. Yeah. They're just shrugging her off. I mean, I'm horrible. And I want to just jump in there and say, "Yeah, I got you." You know, I mean, right after the bed, right after the bed, it's kind of gut wrenching. Yes, it's a female off. You know, yes, and she's tiny and cute. Yeah, she's a little thing, and she's so innocent. And she just wants help, man. I'm going. I'll come and help you. You feel you feel helpless, and it's hard. It's hard to watch, ignoring her and. She yeah. gets hit with a, like a tranquilizer dart, and she gets stumbles in the street and gets hit, and by, gets a hit car. by a car. And yeah. lo and behold, it's a human person that hits yep, her, a human woman. And she's like, "Please, someone call nine one one." She's very compassionate. She's trying to say, hang in there, and you know, she's yelling for people to call nine one one. People doing anything, and you hear in the background, "Well, why do we need to call? She's just an Eno." <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, it's just horrible. I was mad, dude. I really, I just like the whole Tank Denise population at that time, <laughs> at that moment. And you think, because they're so compassionate creatures, 
And to see that they have this extra side to them, I think it's cool because it's just another layer of these aliens. No, it's that great. we've never seen. We got introduced to it. I think but it's great, but it it's hard it's a, to watch. To me, it's a shock. Yes, you know, I'm like it's very difficult to watch because, like you said, George and his race or whatever you want, yeah. they've been suppressed this whole time. Yes, you know, by us and by by the Overlords. overlord overseers. Yeah, you know, by the overseers, and now you, they're like being. The overseers to them, and I'm yes. going, oh, mama, mama. <laughs> I mean, dude, I was, I was a little. I don't know. I both Mike little, and I were just looking at each other, going, oh, George. I was a little. Oh, George. I, I was a little disappointed. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. And it's, but that's that's the point. That's that's my point about this series. It it, it grabs you. Yes. And you it hit you at your core. Yeah, and you're there, and you and, and you were. I was angry. I was oh, like, yeah, I was. Mad. I was. I was pissed off. I'm like, George, I yeah. slap the shit out of you if you're standing in front of me right now how dare you yes be this nice guy this because what happens time. is the girl like michael said she gets hit by a car obviously george is trying to help yeah obviously george and, and matt are the ones on the scene as the detectives and george is like no i don't want anything to do with her and walks away with one look at her and you know what i don't want to have anything to do with this case what are you talking about it's a waste of time you know they have no respect for life they're dickcock savages Enos. What's an Eno? Just take it from me. These creatures are not worth a second of our time. Creatures? Is this my partner talking? Defender of the oppressed? If I said something like that, you'd be stomping me with yourself. I don't want to get into this with you. They shouldn't even be out on the street. No Tentonese should have to look at an Eno. George, she is Tentonese. Oh, hardly. Just look at those spots. They're practically gray. And so ill-defined. You're kidding, right? Well, I don't expect you to understand. To humans, we all look alike, but we are not. Hey, 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 hey. Listen, I don't know what bug flew up your colon, but we're cops, George. And that girl, whatever you want to call her, is dead. We're going to find out why. And here's my brother's point, man. It's like, George. And that's like, yeah, my, that's like, regardless. Yes, regardless of what you feel about her, she is a person She's who a was being. killed. They got killed. We, we have need to do, do our investigate. Our job. Right. And, and he reluctantly does it half-heartedly. But with disgust on oh, his face. And it's oh, so disgusting to watch. <laughs> I'm so angry. It, it, I know, talking about bringing up all the memories. So, I don't like I'm it. I'm getting angry again. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, gosh. Yeah, so that's the main story plot with the Enos. Um, and George dealing with his bigotry, which he doesn't think he has. Um, and then the subplot is with Matt and Kathy moving in together. Yes, big step. Huge step that they're going to live together, which makes sense because it's the progression of the relationship. Yep. You know, in Millennium, they finally hooked up sexually, and now they, I don't know how long it's been since Millennium, but we know that their relationship is pressing, progressing forward. And next thing is living together and potentially a baby and, you know, marriage and all that fun stuff. And then there's another subplot with uh, the baby, with uh, Mayonnaise and Albert wanting a baby. Yep. George! George, Albert and I need to talk to you. We have decided to have a child. Oh, oh that's wonderful. <laughs> Seeing Morris called pregnant. It made him realize how much he wants a baby. And I, I know Binums don't usually choose to parent, but I feel it would bring us so much closer. Of course. We want you to serve as Ganum and fertilize May. Me? Yeah. Oh, Albert. May. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? You... Fertilize me. Well, as a Ben Albert is physiologically incapable of fertilizing May. He can only catalyze her. In order to conceive, she needs a Ganom. Albert was Ben for your children, and you will be Ganom for ours. 
It's so beautiful. Oh, Albert. It's a great honor. Thank you. And we know that Albert's a banan, and he can't have a baby right. the old-fashioned way. He can catalyze mayonnaise, but he need they need a ganon. You're the names, baby. <laughs> they need a ganon, and and since Albert was the binom of. I'm so glad you're saying this because I'm so. I, mean, I would know and Buck here, and I'm I'm into this now. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm you guys. I'm so a listener they, right now. This is great. <laughs> Go ahead. They asked George if he would be the ganon of. Their baby. Right. Because they need a male. And the reason they, they were thinking about having a family, too, because you, you get introduced to uh, Morse code. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a very beginning. <laughs> it's a pregnant Tank Denise gentleman, which is awesome. He's and, huge. Yeah. And Matt's just like... Matt's just so... out. He's still uncomfortable. You know, <laughs> he's dealt tell. with it, and he helped deliver Vesna. He's still very uncomfortable with tell the whole idea like, of, of man... Of the Tinkanese male. Because he even makes a comment opinion. to George, you think by now you yeah. got some type of test tube thing where you don't have to deal yeah. with this thing anymore, yeah. you know? And and George's like, oh, why would we give up a, a blessing for us to da-da-da-da? Yep. Yeah. It's me, George. You guys got all this advanced technology. You still can't figure a way around pregnancy. What do you mean? Well, after the woman pops a pot out, why don't you just cook the kid in a test tube the rest of the way? And deprive ourselves of life's greatest pleasures? No, Matt, sometimes I don't understand you. Yeah. And it's just funny because, Matt, you can tell he's like, okay, but why? You yeah. Know, like, why, yeah, why are you doing this Because he's a human male right, and he just right. doesn't understand. But it's, it was it's but very, that, it's very fun. That's kind of behind the yeah. past because that's what... Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Albert, Albert. saw uh, the Morse, Morse code. code pregnant <laughs> and they started talking and now they want a baby. Um, and George is like, oh, he's so proud. He's he's going to do it in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Of course, everybody's going to... And, you know, and... Matt's even say, shouldn't you ask Susan? You know, you're going to be sleeping with another woman. You know, Studley, uh, you might want to run this past the missus first. Why? Well, most wives aren't particularly thrilled when their hubbies have sex with other women. Well, we may be on Earth, but we are Tinktonese. We're not given to petty human jealousy. Susan will be elated. As proud as a teapot. Peacock, and I doubt it. And George, and George and is like, I don't even think George sees it that way. No, he George doesn't. George sees it as an honor to do it's, this for. But that's the way Tankanese right. work. It takes three people, right, three Tankanese, to, to have a happen. baby. Right. So regardless of, you know, it's going to be two guys and a girl. It's always two guys and that's a girl. That's true, like you said, though. But George's mindset, it's like, it's an honor, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Matt's thinking, dude, you're going to yeah. sleep some other, some other Yeah, chick. and he's like, no, you Su- you know, Susan's going to be, Susan's great. It'll be an honor, blah, blah, blah. Well, come to find out, Susan's pissed off. She's not happy. Not at all. I have an announcement to make. Albert and May have decided to have a baby. Cool. Really? I didn't think Benoms had babies. Since they are catalyzers for procreation, they have traditionally led monastic lives. But new planet, new customs. All Albert needs is a Ganom to fertilize May. And since Albert catalyzed you, guess which Ganom they have asked to fertilize May. Dad, you? <laughs> That's great. George, wait. You're going to have sex with May. No duh, Mom. How else? Why did they ask me? I mean, I'm young and my aqua fluid's got a much higher count. Your aqua fluid hasn't helped you get a job. George, you're not serious about this. Of course I am. And you didn't think to consult me? No, why? Well, in order to fertilize me, you're going to have to conserve your aqua fluid, which means you won't be able to have sex with me for a month. Well, I, I realize that it is a, a sacrifice. Well, now that 
you've brought it up, the kind of sex we've been having lately, I'll probably not even notice a difference. So why? why she's, going... she's very insecure in her relationship, right? Because I guess they're not they're having sex, but only the boring sex, missionary not... style only. Yeah, or she said masonary, but masonary. That's, oh, that's it was a, as a joke. Good yeah, call. masonary, yeah. right? Uh, but she meant missionary. Yeah. But you know, so they're having sex, just not to her. And then he falls asleep two minutes afterwards. Yeah. He just, so it's not going well. And then if he agrees to have this baby, he can't have sex for a whole month because he has to because he has his, to build uh, up uh, some sort of fluid. Whatever yeah, I don't called. remember the name of the fluid. It's been mentioned many times in the episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they have to build that up. So obviously she can't have sex with them, which makes her even more upset, more insecure, and it just kind of makes their relationship kind of yeah, for like a teeter. Month. Yeah. That you don't know what's happening now between these two. Because uh, she's upset. And then there's a, a rickshaw, yep. who's a guy in her office, who's interested in her. He's a good looking dude. He's in a very nice look. And he's young. And, for, yeah, for a Taiwanese guy. Yeah. And yeah, so I mean, I can see why she's attracted to him. Um, oh yeah, but now we have bitch friend trying to hook up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> Jessica. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sorry. Because yeah, I'm married, you know, and... Yeah. And you, you Jessica, have, yeah. You know, you, you go out with your friends and do your thing, and, and you express to yourself or your friend, I'm not too happy, and then your friend's like, hey. Yeah. Look at Rick Billy over you. here. Yeah. Oh, Ricky over here thinks you're cute. Yeah. Why don't you hook up with him? I'm like, mother, don't be a bad influence. But again, she's thinking of it because cause Susan tells Jessica that George has to have sex with another woman. To you know, to impregnate her, and so Jessica's like, "Well, then you have sex with another man." It's but that's not their because that's alien, human mentality. That's human with mentality, yes. and then but then Susan's biting on it. Oh, and I don't like because it because she's so insecure. She is insecure. Yeah, yeah. I don't like this episode. <laughs> Did I mention that? You liked it? No, it sucked because then you <clears> Susan <throat> being bad. This Carrie person, <laughs> bitch. You have that in and Shaw. Rick Shaw for even messing with a married woman, dude. Really, yeah, that's, bud? That's, yeah, that's yeah, bad Yeah, you got there. issues. George yeah. has issues. Dude. <laughs> I'm already angry. So, so, yeah, so there's quite a bit going on in this, in this, just this first half of this episode. I don't even want to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's how passionate I am about this series. I don't even want to do this. This just makes him angrier and angrier. Just, I'm mad. I'm mad. So if I'm quiet, don't but mind Remember, me. we still have part two to watch, and I'm sure I'll be, be a lot better then. I'll be much happier then. don't mind me, okay? Just. <laughs> <laughs> Let me dwell on this angerness. I haven't been like this ever, and this sucks. So yeah. you go ahead, talk. I'm going to listen to you for a while. I'm done. Anyways, um, it, it just kind of, and it goes, it gets even worse because there's this really. Talk about it. <laughs> because they find out that this, um, this woman who was killed, and she was Gail Warnings, she was killed. They find that she worked at this factory that supposedly takes toxic waste and converts them into non-toxic material and then dumps them in the ocean. All right, I'll talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It, it's an it's like an underground. Yeah, it's where the Enos work. The, right. Yeah, it's where the Enos work. Um, since no one else does it, this is the only work they can get. And they're get. not respected anyways. No, they're just treated horribly. It's bad, man. I mean, it's sad. It, it's sad. It's really sad. I mean, it... it, it if you don't have any remorse or sad, you're not human. Yeah. It's just sad. You have no heart. These poor pe- yeah, you have no heart. It's just bad. People. It's horrible. Yeah. It's bad. It's really difficult to watch because you just want to take You just want to go them. take them all, right? Yeah. I want to invite you to my house. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a hot meal, man. I feel bad, dude. It just sucks. It's just bad. Yeah. Also, a note, um, 
Yeah, when Gail Warnings got hit by the car, they brought in did an autopsy. Yes. And Kathy's in there yes. with a human to do the autopsy. Yes, the human nurse. Right, and they cut her open and some gas comes out. Oh, of that's her. right. Yeah. You know, so some gas comes out of her and Kathy's like, you know, whoa, the, you know, this, this is okay. Is unusual. Right, and then the human guy just... <laughs> And done. Dies. Yeah. Dies. Yeah. Is it like fluoritic acid? I think it was yeah, some like some type of something bad. Yeah. The bottom line, it was, it was a toxic material. Yes. And so that's what led them to the underground. Right. Eno's working on that factory because that's what they process that type of gas. Right. To get rid of stuff like that. Yeah. So they go there. They investigate. Obviously, there's nothing. You know, they can't do anything. But the one girl that Michael had mentioned earlier was with Gail Warnings at the beginning who couldn't escape. She managed to get away from the two guys because they went after their Gail on top of the streets. Um, she saw because uh, George or Matt gave a card to the gentleman who's in charge there. Yeah, because George didn't want to look at the guy because he's an Eno. Oh, so that, same thing again. That whole thing. Yeah, so yeah. here we go. Yeah, see, so angerness is building up again. Oh, okay, yeah, so, when they went in and met with the guy and the guy went to shake... Matt Tan, they went to meet and George just nothing to them. do with them. I'm like, whoa. Oh, yeah. I was so not happy. Oh, I was like getting the twitches, man. Like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Guys, like I said, many times Michael and I looked at each other and just uh, shook our heads in disgust. Just anger. Yeah. Um, oh. But anyway, she gets the card because the guy obviously throws it away because he's obviously in on it. But she gets the card <sighs> and decides she's going to go to the police station. You're Detective Sykes? Yeah. I'm Carrie Onbeg. I used to work with Gail Warnings. She was my friend. Uh, please, have a seat. She was trying to get away from them so they wouldn't take her baby. It's because of them that she's dead. And if they knew I was here, they'd kill me, too. We just barely managed to escape. Emily, why don't you wait for me outside? Hmm? No. Who's they? At the plant. We're always asleep when it happens. They catalyze and impregnate us. And then when it's time to transfer the pod, they just take them away and we never see our babies. You're saying Inu women are being artificially fertilized and their offspring stolen from them? And Terry lied to you about the chemicals. They don't process the waste. They just store it. Thank you for coming down. Hold on. Can you prove any of this? The chemicals are there. You can find them. They're in the tunnels. Tunnels? They're everywhere. This is the address of the Bureau of Newcomer Affairs. They'll help you get settled if you're afraid to go back to the plant. Aren't you going to do anything? We'll do whatever we can. And gets treated like crap in the station by George, by any newcomer that's near her. I yeah. just, it's just... She's ugh. like, she's taking a risk with her life to do this for her friend who she loved. And they just well, knock her down. Matt's like, Matt's okay, good. you know what, let me see what we can do. Because she, she's blah, 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 blah. to cry. She's like, you guys aren't going to do anything. He's like, we will do everything we can do. Well, we can, month. yeah. But George is like, oh, yeah, like they're taking the women and like pregnant and stealing and them. And, I mean, she's this, oh, I mean, why would she lie? I was, I was so angry again. And, and then I, this is my favorite scene is uh, because Emily is visiting him. It's daughter of Father <gasps> Day at, at work. So Emily's there and she's there when the girl's pleading 
and George is just horrible. So, you know, she leaves, and then Emily just loses it. How could you treat her like that? You were horrible. Well, you hurt her. Artificially impregnated and stolen pods and uh, tunnels everywhere, and we're supposed to take that seriously. It's just because she's an Eno. Well, Enos are certainly known to stretch the truth. I think you're a bigot! Do I have to remind you of who Enos are and what they did? They ate the flesh of other Tanktonese. Like they had a choice. If you'd been in their situation, how do you know you wouldn't have done the same thing? Emily. Emily. Goes off on him. Goes off. And I, I want her to slap her dad so bad. This restored my faith in Tectonese yes. humanity, whatever, Tectonese nanity, yeah. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It kind of restored my faith. No, she definitely gave her dad a talking to. Oh, and Called loud. him a bigot. I mean, really loud. It was and everybody great. stopped and she looked. She was pissed. And she didn't stop. Even when they were stopped and looked at them, she continued to go at her dad and finally stormed off. Right. And that's when it. Because you saw something in George's brain. It kind of clicked like, wow. Well, okay, maybe I should reassess my feelings and thoughts. Yeah. So. And he does. He does, yeah. Um, At the end of this part one, we see Emily see the poor Eno girl and she's homeless. This is terrible again. And she's trying to. (laughs) Oh, now now I remember that. Oh, this is just. I'm. Dude, okay. (laughs) This is bad. Calm down. Bad. (laughs) Help me, please. Nothing for you, Eno. Oh, please. Oh, back to the sewer. Hi. I brought you some things. Ah, uh, the sweater, some warm socks. There's food in here too. Thank you. Eno. Eno. Eno's got a friend. Eno lover. Eno lover. Well, maybe she's not a friend. Maybe she's dinner. You wind up on a plate. Eno's fine. Eno's fine. Eno's Probably don't taste too good, Eno lover. You need a little salt. She's trying to get money, and of course people are ignoring her, you know, just being horrible to her. And... Uh, Emily walks up with a bag and, you know, greets her and smiles and says there's clothing and there's warm socks and there's food. And she's very sweet to this girl. And she's, she wants you to know, help. Yeah, she wants to help, you know. And, she, and, there's, and they're kind of having this little nice little friendship moment. And all of a sudden, oh, here we go. these thug gang Tanktonese guys come over and start harassing her. Uh, both of them, Emily and... Well, they're saying, the you know, girl. the Eno, you're an Eno lover. And, yeah, yeah and Eno lover. Or maybe you're her lunch. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just horrible Terrible. things. And then they take a, a water gun with um, salt, water. salt water in it and shoot Emily in the back of the head. And, and then they knock her to the ground the and beat the crap, crap out of both out of, of them. Both of them. I mean. And no one's doing anything. They're walking by. You see people in the background like. Yeah, just looking. checking it out. And there's like eight big guys. It's horrible. Dude, I mean, it's so <laughs> terrible, man. It's horrible, yeah. And that's where the episode ends. So we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, you I know, I don't like this. Episode. <laughs> we have <It> better change. <laughs> or you might, this might be my last mic appearance. That's how passionate I am, people. Okay, my brother knows me. Yeah, so thirty nine so, years. Yeah, but then we also have back with the Matt and Kathy thing. They move in together. She brings her clown collection, which is terrifying, and I have to admit it was kind of freaky. But Matt freaks out. 
Kathy! I'm home. Hi. I spent all day long putting everything together, so I had to take a shower. So, what do you think? <laughs> I see you found room for your clown collection. Well, I had to move a few things around. Uh, I don't remember those. Oh, I just bought them. I couldn't resist. Do you know what I just love about them? Uh-uh. They're so big. Yeah. Did I ever mention that in Tanktonese culture there are no clowns? Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Um, well, you did a, a real, real nice job. Uh, just one thing, my recliner, uh, I don't see it. Oh, don't worry, it's safe. I, I put it in storage. You put my recliner in storage? Well, there wasn't any room for it. <laughs> I see. No room. Funny, plenty of room for the clowns. Yep. No dearth of space under the big top. Matt, are you angry? <laughs> yeah, I'm a little PO'd. I love that recliner. We've been together since Super Bowl 92. But where would I have put the love seat? Hey, the recliner was here first. I don't understand. You said to me, this is your home now. Make yourself comfortable. That doesn't mean make me uncomfortable. You should have asked first, at least. Well, I'm sorry. But since you insisted that we move into your two clock, I thought if nothing else, you would at least let me nest like a Tanktonese female. Kathy! Because, you know, his whole world has changed. Completely. Even though he said, you know, make yourself at home, she took it literally and... Well, also, you got to remember the... Tectonese men move in with the women. The women. Yeah, they this nest is, with the yeah, women. Yeah, they nest with the women. This is totally different because she's compromising to Matt yes. moving with yeah. him. And that's why she even says that. She's like, I thought since, and she was kind of disgusted, I moved in with you, you would allow me to nest here. Right. You know. Um, and so, yeah, so, and then, you know, she's working late. He gets rid of his, she got rid of his favorite recliner. Yeah, his recliner. All kinds of stuff. It's, so they're, they're having. His house has changed, yeah, people. And they're having, remember it. they're having issues, and he's, she's no longer around. She's working, like, double, double shifts, shifts and being super late. And he's like, well, what's the point of us moving in together if we're not hanging out together? I don't to see you. Right. Yeah. So that's where that storyline ends, and we have no idea what's going to happen with, with those two people. Um, with May and Albert. They're still approaching George, and George is trying to skirt around it. He hasn't yeah, really he's kind said. Kind of blowing him off a little bit, saying, "I got to check my calendar." Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, so we don't know. We know Susan doesn't like it. The kids are all for it. There's a great scene where they're all sitting around dinner table, and they're talking about sex. Well, now that you brought it up, the kind of sex we've been having lately, I'll probably not even notice a difference. What do you mean, Mom? All we ever do is the sex chat position. That's all. Not even putluck. Oh, putluck is too rough on my shins. Besides. We get to bed so late, I'm tired. Well, you won't have to worry about that now, will you? You found the perfect excuse to skip the whole thing. Susan, I don't understand. I thought you'd be delighted. Really? My husband says he's not going to have sex with me for a month so he can copulate with another female. And I'm supposed to be delighted. You sound like a jealous human woman. Dad. It's okay, Buck. 
I obviously don't meet your father's sexual needs. Maybe somebody else can. Like, yeah, like it's nothing. like it's no big deal about different. I mean, they're talking about their sex with their kids sitting there about that's how. how hey, dad, how's your alien, ankle? Blah, 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 yeah, how yeah. alien they are. You know, they're like, oh, he's only doing the one position. He's not doing this. Yeah, he's not, not, you know, it's the just corn on a cop thing. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> I thought yeah, that was kind of good. Yeah, yeah. Buck's always, he's not doing it. Yeah. And he's he, twisting a corner cop. I go, what the? <laughs> That's kind of cool. I'm gonna Wikipedia that one. I'll yeah, find so that there's one. a lot of a lot of there's a fun little scene that they did. Um, and then again, Buck, you know, because George goes off on Buck, yes. pretty much like lazy loser type thing. Yes. You don't have any ambition, you know, drive. And you can see Buck trying to fill out like an application of some sort, and yeah. he's just having trouble with it. Yeah. So and he's feeling very down himself. Yeah, he, he can't. He's like, he I can't even fill this right. out. So wh- how am I gonna succeed in life? So it's like. Everybody is kind of falling apart. Debbie at the, Downer, at dude. The middle this of this episode, thing is yeah, terrible. So I'm really expecting a big upswing for the second half. Because if not, Ken's going to be having co-host <laughs> guest host. Because yeah, I did. I'm telling you, this one. But I mean, I enjoyed the episode. Like I said, I love the extra layer to the aliens that we're seeing. That they are, like you said, they're subordinate, but they even have even someone under them that they hate, but they don't see that. They're doing exactly what the overseers did to them. You're right. But they don't see it. Right. You know? No, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, I love that aspect of it. I love that Albert and May's relationship is moving forward. I love that Kathy and Matt's relationship is... It might not be moving forward smoothly, but it's moving forward. I like that we see Buck in an episode, because the last few episodes... Well, I guess the one lady, he was in that one. But the first two, he wasn't really in them. Um, Emily was, like, shoved to the side until almost towards the middle, where she kind of was helping out the Eno girl. Right. Um, so we got her in it. I mean, I just, and whole Susan kind of questioning her marriage and what she can do. And Rick likes her and, you know, she had her friend Jessica pushing her into his arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's, I, I enjoyed the episode. I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but it's definitely so far, maybe my favorite once we watch the second half. But right now, it's re- it's it's just very difficult to watch because all of our yeah, favorite I'm, people. I'm, I'm on the fence. Are are having that's difficulty. the nicest thing I'm gonna say. I'm okay. on the fence. All right. Well then, that's where we'll leave it right there. <laughs> so we'll come fence. back with uh, our discussion for episode two in our next podcast. The fumes, clearly lethal to humans, whatever they are, came from our amniotic fluid. Have you ever seen anything like this before? Never. Enos, doesn't surprise me. George, it couldn't have anything to do with that. With what? Come on, guys, let me in on this. This is a police investigation. What's the story with these Enos? Kathy? On the ship, they performed the lowest tasks. They were responsible for disposing of all the refuse. Garbage, bodily waste, biological hazards, corpses. Yeah, so? They had to feed themselves from the waste. Sometimes when there was nothing else, they were forced to eat the dead. They were cannibals, Matt. Cannibals. That's why you've never heard of the Enos. They're a shame. Well, okay, they were slaves, weren't they? They didn't exactly have a lot of choice. Sometimes death is the preferable choice. I'll be sure and remember that, Your Holiness. But I don't care what she had for breakfast. She, She still shouldn't be lethal, should she? No. I'll have to arrange special precautions to continue the autopsy. All right, we have a few behind the scenes. Once again, I was fortunate enough to listen to the Kenneth Johnson commentary, uh, and I was able to 
grab a few of these gems from him uh, speaking. So if you have the DVDs, definitely check them out. They're worth listening to the commentary. Uh, the first one is there's a quick shot about eight and a half minutes into the episode where a young boy punches Captain Grazer in the stomach. This is actually Ron Fazler who plays Grazer, seven-year-old son who was visiting the set for that day. See, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, you go up to your kid and say, I want you to punch me in the stomach. Continuing the family theme, Kenneth Johnson's son, Michael, had a cameo playing the waiter when Susan and her friend Jessica were out to lunch. Yep, I think it's the same Michael who, uh, in the previous Millennium movie, had to go to the L.A. Oh, and skyscrapers pays, and pay people for the lights. on the lights. Right, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Speaking of Jessica, she might look familiar. Jessica, who is played by Carrie Keene, played the high priestess in the previous TV movie, Millennium. I think it's kind of neat because you can play an actual human figure. Yeah. And, and then never attack the knees. They can kill you off, and hey, I'm come back. I'm a human. Yep, it's kind of cool. It's very very cool. Or you can be Kenneth Johnson's son and go, Dad, really? You need <laughs> me to do this too? So I mean, that's cool. That's kind of yeah, neat. yeah yeah. And for our last one here, we have Terry Treos was very pregnant during the filming of this TV movie. Yep, and you may notice that she's hiding behind a lot of things, or she's wearing bigger clothing, or bigger yeah, or open open blouses or big dresses or moo-moos, I like yes. to call them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, they had to hide it well. I'm Terry Firma. I'm the owner of New Life. I'm Detective Sykes. This is Detective Francisco. George. George. It's all right. Your partner is observing traditional Tank Denise custom when meeting an Eno. We're considered unclean. We're investigating the death of one of your employees, Gail Warnings. Gail? Dead? Witnesses say she was attacked by two Eno males. It's uh, more likely Tank Denise. We're often the victim of hate crimes. From a description of what they were wearing, I'd say they worked here as well. well I, I certainly hope not. We consider ourselves kind of a family. Well, speaking of family, are you aware that Ms. Warnings was pregnant? No, actually. Did you know that Gail Warnings was pregnant, Soren? No, I did not. She was contaminated with hydrofluoric acid. Do you process that here? Yes, among other industrial wastes. Come this way. you know hydrofluoric acid is bad news for humans. Uh, you don't have anything to worry about, Detective. This room is the end point in our process. Nothing running through these pipes can hurt you. You neutralize the waste on the elemental level. Using a cold fusion technique that we perfected on the ship, we're able to manipulate the strong force within an atom. In the case of hydrofluoric acid, for example, we transmute the fluorine into neon, create a harmless inert compound, and then flush it into the ocean. Can't hurt you, can't hurt the fish. Very impressive, but that doesn't explain how Ms. Warnings could have become so contaminated. Yeah, I, I don't understand it myself. At no point in the process do our technicians come into direct contact with the waste. We're constantly monitored by Ocean the EPA. The only thing I could think, she must have disregarded our safety guidelines. Well, if you learn anything that could help us out, please give us a call. Sure, I'd be more than happy to do that. You know, it's trying not to attract attention to themselves. Living in a society where we're treated as invisible has taught us to be just that. And now we have our funny name newcomers in this episode. Let me tell you. There's quite a few in this episode. They are good. Yeah. (laughs) They are good. And here we go. The first one. We have Morse code. 
It is a play on words for Morse code, which is a type of communication that is accomplished by a series of on and off tones or lights. Yep. And then we have a gale warnings. Gale warnings is a warning issued by the weather authorities for waterside communities to warn them about high gale force winds. You know what's funny about these names, though? I, I, I get a kick out of them because you hear me like, <laughs> really? They must have ran out of, they, they're at the bottom of the barrel when you're named someone Gale Warnings yeah. or Morse Code. So, yeah. But I, I, it's really neat, though, when you're, in the, when you're watching the episode and all of a sudden you're like, yeah. hey, that's kind of funny. Yeah. So Very fun. And we have our last one here is Rick Shaw. Rick Shaw was a popular form of transportation and a source of employment for male laborers within Asian cities in the 19th century. Their popularity declined as cars, trains, and other form of transportation became widely available. Yep. I did not know that. It's very, very cool. That is kind of neat. Yes. Marco! Jeez. Why? You don't have a job and you're sitting here playing virtual games. Dad, it's 10 o'clock. There's not a lot of job interviews this time of night. You lie around the house like some lazy anal. You should be thinking about your life. All I ever do is think about my life. The problem is you have no focus. By the time I got out of quarantine, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I went out and I did it. The only reason you did squat was because of affirmative action. Well, that's gone, so good for you and diddy wipe for me. Things might be a little tougher now than when I first started out, but that's all the more reason you need a driving purpose, a goal. Are you guys at it again? Oh, now your sister. Now, she has always had focus. She has always known exactly what she wanted to be. Cut him some slack, Dad. Not everybody wants to be Secretary of the Interior. Well, that's the principle of the thing that I'm talking about. Oh, Emily, by the way, don't forget, uh, Father-Daughter Day. I know. I just don't want you to throw away your future. Yeah. Thanks. You can find us all over the internet. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Alienation Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Alienation Cast. You can follow me personally at Master Jedi 1975. Or you can follow me personally at Geeky Fanboy. We are now on Stitcher Radio. You can download the app on any mobile device and listen to us anytime. And we always love getting reviews on iTunes. Just go to iTunes, type in Alien Nation Podcast, and we would love if you'd give us a five-star review. You can download the podcast, you can listen to the podcast, or just read show notes at alienationpodcast.com. We love getting feedback from you guys. If you want to send any comments about an episode, about a podcast, anything at all, you can send those to alienationpodcast at gmail.com. All right, so that's going to do it for part one of Enemy Within. But before we go, always remember, be kind to your Enos. <laughs> that was sad. <laughs> Don't laugh at it. Hey, George, listen to this. According to a Dr. Francis Tacker, she's an environmental engineer out at UCLA, no one's found a way to transmute fluorine by cold fusion or anything else. Well, she's a human, right? Yeah, so well, what does she know about Tectonese technology? She knows every time she's tried to get new life to demonstrate the operation, they've always made some excuse. Dr. Tacker thinks it's a scam. What about OSHA and EPA inspectors? Oh, come on, George. They're both way understaffed. Every 10 years, some yo-yo comes in and signs them off. The big question is, if they're not processing the waste, where are they hiding it? In some tunnels, maybe? (laughs) 
Attention, attention. Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi Entertainment News and Commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek Episode Analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to miss my head. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Alien Nation, the newcomer's podcast, is a geeky fanboy production and has a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, works 3.0, United States license, all rights reserved. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Alien Nation, the newcomer cop... <laughs> Hello and welcome to an... As the cat... As the case unfolds, George has to... Re- God, Jesus, hold on. Continue... God, really, Mike? God, why do I get these names? Susan Boobine? Boobine? Yes. Right? Yes. Bale? Bale Bean? Boobine? Bobean. Bobean. Bobean.